Hello everybody, welcome or welcome back to BNB Anime. It is just me today, just me, Blue. Brad is still sick, so you will be hearing from him next week, hopefully. But until then, you're just going to have to deal with me doing my very first solo podcast. So yeah, this is going to be interesting. I'm not really used to doing these. Uh, Brad's done a couple of these before, but this is my first one. So... I don't know, we'll see what happens. Uh, I guess I'll start off the same way that we always start off, which is just talking about our week and how we've been. Uh, I honestly haven't done much. I have done a couple sketches, done a couple paintings, um, kind of stayed, like, holed up in my apartment for the past couple of days. I don't even think I opened the curtains yesterday. I have just kind of been in my little hobbit hole and very much enjoying it. I have continued watching, um, is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon, which is what we covered last week, but we had some technical issues, so it didn't actually end up getting properly recorded at all. We will absolutely re-record it at some point because we definitely want it to go up for you guys and we have already watched the season. We've already technically recorded the whole episode and then it just didn't go to plan. So we will be releasing that at some point in the future. It's definitely going to be one on the back burner that will come out. Maybe as a bonus episode, maybe as just one that if Brad is still sick next week, you'll end up hearing that, or though I don't know how we would record that, you know what I mean? It'll it'll end up being like a uh, one for for backup if we need it at, at some point, because yeah, we absolutely do want to get that one out to you guys. It was a fantastic show. I very much enjoyed it. I'm not going to go into that first season here, because um, obviously I want to go into it in depth in the episode, but I did continue watching the second season, so... I will say it, there are two moments I can think of that are pretty amusing to me in that second season. Um, so I guess, spoiler warning, but they're nothing to do with the plotline. They're just s small things. Um, but one of them is the reverse classic bathhouse scene, which is amusing to me. Haven't seen it done that way around ever in anime, which is great. Do love that. Do enjoy that. And then um, also the logo that's done is the, all of the comments on that, because I was watching on Crunchyroll, and of course underneath the videos you've got all the comments. All the comments on that underneath were so funny of just being like, I, didn't, I looked at that and I had no clue what it was. What is that, an ink blot test? Like, what are we looking at right there? It was really, really funny. Obviously you get to see the logo in a better light later on, but yeah, that did very much make me giggle. <laughs> Nobody knew what it was. And I, to be honest, I was looking at it and I kind of was like, I guess that's that bit and that's... But I didn't really have much of a clue either. Uh, yeah, I don't... <laughs> that was very funny. I'm drinking mint tea today. Um, I have a bit of a sore throat. It's, it's Like I said, I haven't been outside, so it's nothing crazy. I just think that I've been doing quite a bit of voice work recently and... Um, and I, I have kind of strained my throat a little bit, which isn't great, but, uh, you know, hopefully it just uh, recovers up with some tea. You know, I'm English. Tea fixes everything. <laughs> but yeah, today, I don't, I haven't even told you what we're covering. Today, I'm going to be diving into Prince of Tennis. I know that we were supposed to cover, let me just double check the name of it. Yeah, we were supposed to cover Kakeguri, 
but I have watched it, but I don't know whether or not we are going to be covering that next week instead. I haven't actually talked to Brad about it. He's been so sick. Um, but I don't know if that's what we're going to be covering next week or if we are just going to skip that one and continue on with the schedule. And then whenever one of us gets sick next time or something, we'll use that one as a filler because unfortunately we used all of our filler podcasts that we, that we had pre-recorded when I moved. So we don't have any backup podcasts, hence why we are doing a solo one. So that might become our next backup podcast. And then obviously when life gets in the way, we can use that one to upload. So be rest assured, we have watched the series. You will hear it at some point. I just don't know when it will come out exactly. We will see. Um, yeah, okay, so I guess I'm just gonna dive into Prince of Tennis. I have mentioned this anime specifically on this podcast more times than I can count. I've actually even spoken about Prince of Tennis on another podcast. If you've heard us talk about Tales from the Fandom, then you will know that both Brad and I have been guests on that podcast. I recommend you go check it out. It's a fantastic podcast. If you like anything nerdy, it's a great place to go. They cover all kinds of different things. He gets a new guest on and they go over like three or four of their favorite topics. Um, so whether that be a specific video game or a franchise or uh, a, like, I don't know, a movie series, a, a, a tabletop game even. I think he's had some people on there talking about D&D. So um, yeah, it's fantastic. I recommend you go check that out. And uh, yeah, I was specifically on there. One of the things that we talked about was Prince of Tennis because both myself, um, and David, the, the guy who runs that <laughs> podcast, had watched it. He had watched it while he was in college back in the day. And I watched it when I was first exploring different genres of anime. Because obviously I started off with like Pokemon and Digimon and stuff way back in the day in my childhood. But I never really considered them anime because they were just kind of on Cartoon Network. You know what I mean? And then when I reached early high school, that is when uh, my brother was super into anime, so I definitely heard of it, but I hadn't really watched it myself until I went round the twins' house, who are my two best friends, and we uh, and they sent me down and we watched um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood dubbed. It's something I've mentioned here um, on the podcast. And I then went away and finished up the series on my own and quickly fell in love with anime and started watching more different kinds of anime from many different kinds of genres, trying to find a genre that I really, really liked. And somehow I stumbled upon three of the probably longest running sports animes of all time. I stumbled across um, Shield 21, Major, and Prince of Tennis. I love all three of them, but Prince of Tennis holds a special place in my heart. I think because it is the... Um, bridge between iShield 21 and uh, Major, it is not as insane as iShield 21, which is practically magic at the point that they go to. If you haven't checked it out and you like American football and you like anime um, or you don't like American football and you just want to see athletes on magical steroids, uh, go check it out. Watch a couple episodes. It's very long running. There's a lot of episodes. I do not recommend binging it. You will absolutely wear yourself out. But it's a good one to just chuck on. Um, and then Major obviously is very much more following an actual player, like baseball player's life span in a way. It, it starts from 
early childhood of our main character and then goes all the way through to their adult life and and where they end up with baseball and so um prince of tennis is kind of in between it is not accurate <laughs> to life and to and to baseball and uh, what well, to baseball to to tennis but it is also not super almost documentary style like major is i mean major is still obviously an anime it's not a documentary but it is you know what i mean it's like much more realistic i guess that's kind of what they were playing on was like a romanticized realistic portrayal of a baseball player whereas prince of tennis still has that fun element to it that Ice Shield 21 has. So it holds a special place in my heart of being a little bit of both and I very much enjoy it. On my anime list a 7.88 out of 10 and funnily enough on Anime Planet it scored a 3.9 out of 5 or a 7.8 out of 10. So they are incredibly similar scores. Um, literally 0 0.08 off being the same score which I find interesting. I also find it interesting that it's rated a PG-13. I'm not entirely sure what about the show makes it a PG-13 specifically. I would have thought that it would have probably been PG, but I I suppose you... Okay, there is a, there is a little bit of blood every now and again from sports injuries, so I guess that is probably what gives it the PG-13 rating. But if... Again, you're, I mean, this is, I always say this with the full disclosure of the fact that I am not a parent and don't plan on being a parent anytime soon, possibly not ever. So, you know, take your parental judgment as you will. I don't personally think that this will be bad to show kids under the age of 13. I feel like the, the way that, I mean, it's, it's a sport. Kids get injured. Kids know what blood is. They know what an injury is. And the way that, like, it's not violent. I well, I mean, it depends on your definition of violent. I People are getting hit in the face with tennis balls and stuff. You know what I mean? But, like, it's not, it's not, like, weaponry or attacking people, if you know what I mean. So I don't necessarily see a problem with showing this to kids under the age of 13. I feel like a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old is going to be fine watching this. Um, it, it's again where I find that these ratings are sometimes... I mean, I suppose uh, to save them from having a rating at every single age range, it's probably best that they stick to it. But I really feel like there should be something between like PG-13 and 17A or R rating. I don't know if 17A is, is super common. But I feel like there should be something in there. I feel like there should be a 15 or 16. And then I feel like there should be something around the age of like 9 or 10. Because this is fine for a 9 or 10 year old, in my opinion. It's probably fine for even a 7 or 8 year old. But they might not understand the content of what is happening. I also have... I don't know if it's dubbed. I'd assume it is dubbed because it is one of the most classic longest running sports animes. But I have obviously never touched a dubbed version of this series in my life. I always prefer to watch subbed. I've mentioned it before. It really, really, really helps with my ADHD because I, I mean, you can probably tell by just me talking, my thoughts run a million miles a second and I get distracted very, very quickly um, when I'm watching especially long running series because quite often the plot lines or the arcs are more drawn out over time. And those drawn out arcs then make it so that you can kind of 
like miss bits and still pick up where you left off, if you know what I mean. And you kind of know the resolution of what the character's going to happen, unless something really, really big happens. But normally, it's pretty chill with things. And so with with more sports-type, casual um, shows that are really, really long-running, I find it especially difficult to keep myself interested in the show. Not that I'm not interested in it, just that I'm, you know, life gets in the way and I get distracted. I need to go do the dishes or... I get hungry and get up to get a snack, and then before I know it, I'm cleaning the whole kitchen. You know what I mean? So, um, I do watch it subbed. Subbed keeps me having to read the subtitles. It keeps me into the video. You know what I mean? If I was watching it dubbed, then I could kind of hear it in the background, and then chances are I'd probably watch a whole lot less of it, which is what has happened with me with some series, and it's probably why I've dropped them. I ought to go back and give them a rewatch. Subbed. Yes. Gross, just nearly swallowed a whole tea bag. Not pleasant to put that on the wrong side of the cup. Okay. Okay, so it is a... It originally was a manga. I don't know if there were any light novels on it. I didn't see anything about light novels on the background. I don't normally do all of the background information, but that is Brad's area of expertise. So if I miss something, I apologise. Um, but yeah, uh, it was originally a manga that ran from July 19th of 1999 to March 3rd of 2008 for a total of 42 volumes. And I don't think that that is including the new Prince of Tennis. I think that started up later. I don't actually have any information on the new Prince of Tennis, but it is my understanding that that is a completely separate series that continues on because this series takes place entirely throughout our main character Edges and Ryoma's um middle school life. The new Prince of Tennis, I believe, is him starting off in high school again. I haven't watched the new Prince of Tennis in a very, very long time. And I don't know if they're still releasing episodes on it. They may still be, but I do know that um yeah, this is based on his middle school life. I think The New Prince of Tennis is his high school life, and I believe it to be a completely separate series. So I think that, that is just The Prince of Tennis, and I think The New Prince of Tennis also has a manga attributed to it. Uh, I didn't actually mention, but its dropped rate is a 14.69, which seems really high, but when you take into account that it is totaling over 178 episodes for just the baseline Prince of Tennis. I think that drop rate is really quite good, to be honest. 178 episodes is nothing to shake a stick at, and I feel like that with a sports anime, with something that is just about some middle school kids playing tennis at the end of the day, that is the baseline. I think that's a really, really, really good dropped rate, especially considering our biggest dropped rate right now is Tamayomi, which only had 12 episodes with a nearly 26% dropped rate, which is incredibly high. 26% for 12 episodes. I understand they had horrible technical issues with the actual animation, but for it only being one core, I feel like a lot of people would just suck it up and finish it if they've already started, you know what I mean? Whereas with, with Prince of Tennis... I mean, I suppose that you could be in the same sort of sense if you get like 50 episodes in, then you feel like, well, I've already watched 50 episodes, I might as well keep watching. But also there's still so many more episodes to go. So I feel like 
is a really, really, really good drop rate for something that is so extensive. I would be interested to compare it to something like um, Naruto or Fairy Tale or uh, something else that's really, really long running with a lot of episodes to just see out of all of the like giants what has the best and worst dropped rate um, score. Because yeah, it, it's it's. I don't know, it's like a completely, it's almost like movies, you know how like I have movies categorised differently because they tend to have very, very small dropped rates, then we have our serieses, I feel like these like mega serieses also kind of need their own category of dropped rate because, yeah, it's like, I feel like they're, they're well they are just going to have a much bigger drop rate than anything else. Maybe I'll do over something like, if it has over... Even 50 episodes seems small when you're talking about 178. Like, over 100 episodes in one season? Because that seems big compared to, like, a two-core or one-core. I don't know. I'll talk to Brad. Maybe we'll do something, like, over 75 episodes or something and it makes it, uh, uh, like, a giant anime or something and therefore it goes in a different category. Maybe just go over two-core. You know, if it's over two cores, then, then it gets a different drop rate score like channel because yeah I don't know I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes but then okay so oh what am I missing where did I go <laughs> um yeah 42 volumes it was written by Takashi Konomi and printed in Jump Comics um it is a shonen so uh I assume it, it came out weekly throughout that time for its total 42 volumes um which is insane for a writer to pre to be producing uh, a new chapter of a manga every week for nine years. Like, plus then I believe that he went on to then go and do the new Prince of Tennis. I assume he took like a couple year break in between. I would hope he took a couple year break in between. But that's, I don't know. I mean, living the dream, right? But like also, oh my God, that is so much work. Um, yeah, nuts. And uh, so then, obviously, this it turned got turned into a, an anime, which ran... <coughs> dying. What the hell happened to my voice there? Okay. <laughs> which ran from October 10th of 2001 to March 25th of 2005. It was directed by Takayuki Hanama. Hamana, sorry. And was produced by uh, Production IG and uh, Nihon Ad Systems. Uh, its studio done with Trans Art, but Production IG also had a lot of influence in there, with uh, Production IG has done a lot of stuff that we've already covered, like uh, Kurokone Basuke, uh, Psychopass, Diamond No Ace, Haikyuu, I believe they also did like Attack on Titan Jr. or whatever it is. I don't know, they've, they've covered a lot of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's... it's uh, there's like I don't know it's it's a well well covered anime series so I guess I will just start with a baseline I honestly don't think I'm going to talk about any particular spoilers throughout this but I'm gonna put a general spoiler warning out there I'm not really planning on diving deep into the show at all this is probably going to be a fairly short podcast because to be honest there is so much content to go over in Prince of Tennis because it is so extensive that I find it hard to pick up on 
individual plot lines or individual pieces. So I'm just going to try and keep it a little bit more general and uh, give you guys a taste of what it is that you will experience if you watch Prince of Tennis and maybe give you a little bit of nostalgia if you grew up watching it, like I know that some people certainly did. So then maybe I have been trying to get Brad to watch it. I know he's watched a couple of episodes, but like I said, it is so long that it's really hard for us to find time to rewatch it again. So, well, for me to rewatch it would be a third time I watched it if, um, if, uh, we cover it here on the podcast, but I would absolutely like to to cover it properly, fully with Brad at one point, even if it's just like an extra segment where we go over a couple of animes and I really get his opinion on it after he's watched it. And then we might go a bit more into detail about specific elements of the show. But for the meantime, I think I'm just going to keep it a little bit more general. Okie dokie. So, Etches and Ryoma. It starts off with him. He moves to a new school and um, obviously joins the tennis team. This is a spoiler, but it's so early on in the season and it's a plot point throughout that I think is hilarious. So pre-warning is a spoiler, but also is so satisfying that I'm not sure it's going to make a huge difference. But be warned. He joins. He's playing with all of these other middle school peeps. And they're like, oh, who's this new weird first year? You know, the typical hierarchy like system. And... uh and he's like, I bet I can beat all of you. And he's cocky and he has a baseball cap on and and he's really small compared to everybody else. And he's playing tennis with them. And then he does that classic moment where he goes, just kidding, I'm not right-handed. And swaps the tennis racket to his left hand. And it becomes like a signature thing for the first little while of the show. He does end up just kind of playing with his left hand later on, obviously because he starts facing tougher opponents, but it's such a satisfying moment when you get to see him go, oh yeah, just kidding, not right-handed. Fantastic, such a classic trope, still love it, still very entertaining, so brilliant. Uh, But yeah, so Edgeson Ryoma, why is he the way that he is? Well, he has a dad. His mum, I believe is dead, if I can remember correctly, I don't think they go into a lot of details about it. Either way, dad and uh, his cousin, I believe, is also their female cousin who kind of just helps out and is like the caretaker of the family. His dad is incredibly eccentric um, and walks around in like a yukata all the time. Like, you know, one of those loose... Whenever you get to see kind of like a... Um, yeah, just like an OG-chan like a, a a gramps walking around he's kind of one of those in like in the in the yukata with his slippers on not really doing much of anything that's kind of him he's incredibly eccentric though so he is um oh and he's obsessed with women that is one thing that is probably another reason why he's rated pg-13 is because the dad is a huge huge pervert um kind of problematic at times like probably incredibly problematic if I can remember correctly um I know that he was getting an interest in girls that were not of his age range but um I don't know I guess the way that it's done is just that like old-fashioned Japanese humor of crazy eccentric man hitting on high school girls which is incredibly wrong inappropriate nowadays but at the time that it was done 
I mean, it was still wrong and inappropriate, but it was more accepted as, as a common thing. I know they have a huge issue with that out in Japan right now. So take that for what you will. It is a thing that is throughout the series. I don't think the jokes necessarily are like a key feature of the show. So I feel like you can kind of avoid them, if you know what I mean. Like you can just kind of mentally block them out. That's what I did until I just kind of re-remembered it <laughs> talking about his dad but yeah anyway his dad is um or was a really 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 is a really 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 fantastic tennis player and that is how etch then grew up learning how to play tennis um is because of his dad he has never once beaten his dad his dad is not one of these people that lets his kid win for funsies nope Edgeson has never beaten his dad. It is his goal in life to beat his dad. That's it. He doesn't want to, like, go on and win anything. At this point, he doesn't want to win any tournaments or go to, like, an Open or whatever. He just wants to beat his dad. So he joins the tennis club. The tennis club at school, we then meet some other eccentric characters. Um, we have people like... Oh, I can't remember his real name right now. I feel like I'm going to have to go and look up a character list. Oh, here we go. Fantastic. Oh, yeah, we've got um, Tetsuka, who is our captain. We don't learn very much about him right off the bat. He is someone who we kind of um, come across again. Like, we learn more about him as the series progresses. I actually think that that was done very, very well because um, he then becomes... Like, I don't know, he becomes, like, a really important character, but the way that they've done it has made it so... He's kind of like a secret until a little while later, if you know what I mean. Very well done. Do appreciate it. We also have Fuji, who is a prodigy, um, and he has some really interesting dynamics in his familial relationships with other people that then progress throughout the series as well. Really good character. We have Takashi, who is our kind of comedic break. Um, him with um I just kind of know him as Snake but uh Karu um the two of them have a really really strong dynamic and Edgy as well um they they really bring up some comedic relief there is actually a lot of people in here that yeah that I don't know that's the all of the characters are really 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 strong um each of the tennis players throughout the middle school kind of has well the the bigger tennis players there are some like kids uh well not kids they're all kids but like there are some some second and, and first years that are more um background characters some of them specifically end up getting the role of kind of becoming commentators on games and practice sessions which is very good for those people who don't know anything about tennis when going into it although i will say one of those characters is particularly annoying i cannot remember his name at this time and it's not showing up on the character sheet so but i will say that there is one first year that you wish to punch in the throat uh, a couple of times throughout this series, but he does kind of tame off as it goes. I think he is just exceptionally annoying in the first little bit. So give it a bit and, and you'll get over it. But um, yeah, so each of the characters kind of has their own special thing that is like their thing. Uh, Inu Senpai is incredibly intelligent. He takes data. He looks around at all of the different um, people analyzes that data and then is able to use that against them. It's a very common trait that we have seen throughout um, anime and specifically sports anime, but anime in general. Um, Takashi, when he picks up the racket, has like 
a second personality that comes forth that is then able to um like up his strength levels he um i believe his family runs like a small shop i can't remember what it is but he has a lot of strength from just like lifting supply boxes and uh, normally he's such a sweetheart but whenever he picks up a tennis racket that goes out the window very interesting dynamic that he has there uh takashi um momoshiro he he has like a uh specific drop shot or something i can't remember exactly but he has a specific type of shot the same um with kaido he has a um like a snake bend where he like whips the ball around the side of the net and then into the court and he goes through some really really interesting training montages this is actually one of the things i remember the most about prince of tennis is specifically his training montages the way that he's like whipping a towel in a river to gain his like to to simulate that exact same muscle that he uses whenever he's using that particular shot i don't know his his for some reason really really stick out in my brain which i find very fascinating um edgy is our gymnast he's incredibly athletic he specifically plays doubles more than anything else with oishi who uh, i think yeah if i can remember correctly the two of them they are doubles pairs and um they have a very interesting dynamic throughout the series because of the fact that they are a doubles pair the way that they kind of play this is like it's team tennis so i think it's like best out of five matches three singles and then two doubles matches against another school and uh and i think it's doubles first and then three single matches if i can remember correctly or it might be single 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 double double i can't remember or maybe it's like single double single double single i can't remember but um that does make for some very interesting plot lines and some kind of i will say there are some unexpected results to certain games for the most part i feel like you can kind of tell where something is going but i do feel like they do keep you on your on your toes reasonably well with the ratio of wins to losses it's definitely not a one punch man scenario but i also feel like we're not getting Oh, sorry, I just hit my elbow on the desk. It's not the thing where characters are being constantly beaten down and, um, like, they're being affected, like, over and over and over and over again by their constant losses, and then you're sitting there, you're like, okay, well, if they're never going to win, why am I even watching this? You know what I mean? So I feel like they do a pretty good job of win-to-loss ratio throughout the series. Yeah, I don't know. It's a really, really, really interesting show because I think Edgeton is coming from America when he first goes to this middle school so he's kind of unheard of in the local tennis world which is another i feel like very stereotypical plot line of when you have prodigy child moving to new area they are from foreign land uh but because of that he's actually already paired onto a team with fuji who is already considered to be the young prodigy of tennis in their area and then him being paired on the same team as him and they're ha- them having i think just a year maybe two years I can't remember if Fuji is a second year or a third year, but Edgeton is a first year. Between them really does create a very, very interesting dynamic. I actually think Fuji, yeah, Fuji must be a, a third year. Uh, it does create a very, very interesting dynamic between them. I feel like Edgeton kind of maybe starts off on a little bit of the wrong foot. He makes some friends pretty quick, but I feel like he has uh, a bit of a time gaining respect from his senpai. 
And they obviously have a bit of a time gaining respect from him as well, because he has been surrounded by this fantastic tennis player his entire life, so he's kind of not really shocked by a lot of stuff, which is why I think the addition of team captain uh, Tezuka is actually really, really good to the series. It breaks things up very, very well. So obviously they then go and face different tournaments with different schools and you kind of never get to see them anywhere else. They're either like out and about in town at their school tennis court or playing a match like elsewhere. The show is very, very, very much centered around tennis more so than other shows that I've seen. I feel like there are other sports animes where it is like slice of life centered around sport. This I feel like is sport with a little bit of a slice of life element. I feel like sport is absolutely the main anime genre here. Uh, you do also get some pretty good villains, some, cons- some consistent villains that uh, make a series of appearances throughout the show. None of them are really coming into mind right now. I don't think, to me, they made as much of an impact as the main cast did of our, like, kind of hero characters, our protagonists. But yeah, there are absolutely some reoccurring villainous characters. I just don't really, I don't know, I kind of feel like, in my mind, Edgson's dad is kind of the main antagonist not that he ever really is an antagonist because he only always has his son's best interest at heart but in my mind Etrison's big goal is still to defeat his dad as opposed to those other middle school and high school players so in my like in my head he's the big goal you know what I mean I don't know it's just maybe that's just the way that my my brain works oh yeah okay so there is a very interesting element to this in the sense that it is kind of all being documented by a couple of journalists well a journalist and a photographer that have kind of picked up on the team and have been using the like have been publishing um works of the team throughout the series that kind of is an element that is started off right in the very beginning which i find more interesting uh, i find it uh, quite an interesting element to this series specifically that i don't often see in other animes you do often see like every now and again like in um, Haikyuu, there was a moment when they were shown, I think, on the local television station, stuff like that. And obviously their national games are broadcasted. But this is one that is kind of like there is a weekly kind of report on the team via this journalist and photographer that have kind of picked up on this team, which I think is is pretty interesting. I like that. I, I think that was a good element to the to the show. So each core, it seems like there is like an arc that kind of happens over every 10 episodes or so. If you go onto the episode description list on Wikipedia, you can see that the episode lists are kind of broken up by like 6 to 10, maybe, uh, I don't know, like little arcs. Five, yeah, 5 to 10 episode arcs. And it is broken up seasonally. You get you get to see, yeah, there is seasons, but it's never actually, like, listed as different seasons, which I find fascinating. It's all just considered to be the Prince of Tennis, especially when you go online to, like, other sites. Normally, there are specific sites that, like, categorise things by season. I know that Anime Planet does this, it categorises things by season and and gives each of them a different score based on their season. But Prince of Tennis has always just been kind of lumped together as 178 episodes of Prince of Tennis. It does have 
quite a few OVAs and I think three or four movies, like a fair amount of movies, then the entire The New Prince of Tennis series. There is so much content surrounding Prince of Tennis. It is, it's a real, it seems kind of intimidating. I feel like if you haven't seen it already, to jump into it knowing how much content there is. But the thing about it is, is that um, it's not one that I feel like that you're going to get completely addicted to necessarily at any point. It's kind of one I feel like you can come and go from. You're never going to really forget where you were because the plotline is so simple. It's just a bunch of kids fighting other bunch of kids in the sport of tennis. And that's it, you know? So I personally find myself getting wrapped up in the show quite easily. But I feel like it's one of those ones where if you have just watched a series that you found heart-wrenching, like Brad, who likes to suffer every year with Your Lie in April, I feel like this could be the kind of show that you would chuck on, you know, five episodes of, if you want to, afterwards to, like get your brain functioning again to just like normal life stuff it's the kind of thing where i feel like you can watch an episode on your lunch break every every time you go to work you know every time you go to work you chuck on an episode and before you know it you'll probably be through the whole series it's very simple and and a very simple concept it's i don't know i just enjoy it though it's just it's just stupid and i like it that's it that's the whole thing it's just stupid and I like it. Yeah, it according to the Wikipedia lists of episodes, there are seven seasons. But I have never actually this is the first time I've ever seen it being broken down into seasons. I find it quite fascinating that it actually is. Oh, and there's the new Prince of Tennis. Let's click on the new Prince of Tennis. And see about this. Okay, so the new Prince of Tennis actually started in on January fourth of two thousand and twelve, and ended on March twelfth, two thousand twelve, for one core of thirteen episodes. Then there's the new Prince of Tennis special, which is an OVA series of seven episodes, and then the new Prince of Tennis OVA versus Genius, which is another ten episodes of an OVA series. And there is still more to come in the future. There is the new Prince of Tennis, uh, Hyote vs. Rikai, Game of Future, which is due to release... Oh, it was... Original release date seemed to be February 13th, 2021, and April 17th, 2021. I don't know if that actually came to be, though, because this hasn't been... I don't know if this hasn't been updated, or if it did come out and oh, if it did come out and it hasn't been updated or if it hasn't been updated and the date has been shifted because of the pandemic that's fascinating that this is like that this is really i had a vague feeling that it was still going on but it seems like yeah they're still they've definitely slowed down on production but content is still coming out for prince of tennis even though the first episode the first chapter of the manga released in 1999 that's so this this series is uh is only uh like a year and a half younger than I am, which is fascinating. Fascinating. Uh, love that. Great. Cool. Okay. Um, I feel like that's kind of everything that I wanted to say on Prince of Tennis. I am very very interested on your guys's opinions of long running series in general. What do you guys think about the the dropped rate? Do you think that it should be after two core? 
if like a two core series is just the regular dropped rate or one to two core series is just like what is the regular drop rate and then after two core above is considered to be like a giant anime and therefore should have its own category or do you think it should be like after 50 episodes after 75 after 100 where do you think the cutoff should be for categorizing it because this doesn't even like episode seasons one and two of this is still combined it doesn't even give you a cutoff between the difference between season one and two so i couldn't even do this by season if i wanted to not to mention the fact that all of the settings are put on for all 178 episodes so i couldn't calculate a drop rate for only one season of this because one season of this doesn't really exist it has to happen for the 178 episodes so for giant series like this, how do you think, where do you think the drop rate cutoff should be? What amount of episodes considers it to be too big for a regular drop rate score? Um, because then I will go through and maybe calculate, just for funsies, some of the longest running animes um, and see if they're not broken down into seasons where they rank on, on things like this. Um, and uh, maybe we'll get to see which of the longest running series has the biggest and lowest drop rate. I, I would be definitely very interested in that as well. I still need to go through and change the drop rating of some of the others um, and update those. I will get back to you on that hopefully next week with the full list of drop rating with everything so I can give you the updated high and low. But to be honest, I don't think it's going to change from Jujutsu being our best dropped rate and Tamiyomi being our worst. I think that is, that's just gonna stay the same no matter what I do, but maybe some others will sw swap around a little bit and we'll see. Yeah, I feel like that's everything. So next week, possibly we have uh, Kakeguri because that's what was supposed to happen this week, but it might not. Or we might have uh, real life or maybe something completely different. I don't know. I will talk to Brad. We will let you know on either the Instagram or the Twitter about what we will be covering next week. So feel free to drop us a follow on either at BNB Anime if you want to. We also have um, other social medias at BNB Anime. So yeah, we're pretty much everywhere on that. If you're curious about where we are, just type in BNB Anime and we'll either be there or we won't. We have a YouTube channel as well, uh, where Brad has a lot of stuff coming in the future. We're also planning on, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that we're planning on doing in the future. I know we've been talking about that for a long time and we haven't actually ever gotten around to it. But um, yeah, life has been pretty hectic. Brad's changed jobs, I've moved across the country, all this kind of stuff um, has been in planning for a long time, uh, even if we haven't actually talked about it on the podcast. So I feel like now that we're kind of both settled in our new positions, we will absolutely get back to working on that. We also have the website which is www.bnbanime.com where we have links to your favourite listing platforms or you can download them straight off the website. We also have a comment section where you can feel free to let us know your thoughts and opinions or answer any questions that I have asked throughout this show. I was about to say that me or Brad but Brad's not here but I suppose for any other episodes that maybe Brad has asked you a question as well and you can answer it there. You can also just answer it in the comment section of our YouTube videos or hit us up on the dms on on our socials because yeah all of our episodes do get put up on youtube as well they kind of get put up a little bit late uh between a couple of days to a week late on the youtube channel that's just the way the the system works to upload the videos uh, they do go up but they are late so if you are watching this on youtube and you want kind of a uh pre 
viewing of this podcast, you can go and listen to us on Spotify or, you know, wherever you would normally listen to your podcasts. Um, and if you're curious if we're on that platform, you can go onto our website and you will see where we're all linked to. Brad is also streaming pretty regularly. Obviously not now, he's very sick. But he's streaming pretty regularly, so you can go and drop him a follow on Twitch at Brad Carter Gaming. Um, and yeah, if you have any like questions or queries or concerns or even like thoughts about the podcast, um, you can always hit him up while he's streaming. I'm sure he would love to talk to you about the podcast while he's streaming, so definitely go check that out. I am mainly on Instagram and TikTok recently uh, posting art videos. TikTok is just Blue Lavender, B-L-U-E-L-A-V-A-N-D-E-R. And Instagram is also Blue Lavender, spelt the same with S-T-M tagged on the end. So if you're interested in that, you can go and follow for more, or more art content that will be coming soon. So like I said, next week, something is happening, possibly real life, possibly Kakaguri. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. We will see. But whatever it is... I hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed today's rambly podcast of just me as well. Tell me how I did. If I did okay, just on my own. If you hated it, if you like Brad, if we need Brad back, I need Brad back. He keeps me sane. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously less tangents when it's just me. See, this is what I'm saying, okay? It's not me who does the tangents, it's Brad. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we are both the worst for tangents because we get on random thought paths, but I've actually done pretty okay today with my ADHD. It's not it's not been distracting me too, too bad. I definitely did things out of order, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like that is absolutely everything. So um, thanks for listening and uh, bye-bye. <laughs>